There's a list of all the six. 40-year-old Mary Buckley shot in the mouth. 55-year-old John Ridge treated and released last night. 42-year-old Donald O'Sullivan, who suffered a graze wound to the head. 46-year-old Thomas McCarran shot in the neck. The most seriously injured, 26-year-old John O'Hara, shot in the face and may lose the sight in his left eye. I think he'd probably be right out there on the front line. <laughs> One thing about it, he never changed. He didn't change his outlook on things. He's been through some things. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Glenn, what up? Rain, what up? To kick the truth to the young black youth. Yeah. Now, Larima Davis, how are hey, you? Good. <laughs> Thank you so much, first and foremost, for taking your time out to um to allow us to speak to you today, especially with everything that's going on. Um, me and Glam spoke about it. You were like one of the perfect people, especially today, to speak to. Um, but I just want to give an introduction to the people who are watching. Um, if you don't know who uh, Larima Davis is, she is the daughter of Larry Davis, the legend. Okay, he has definitely been a legend in our communities. Um, he's most known for being acquitted of attempted murder charges against six police officers back in 1989. If most don't know what this, the, the behind that story was, is he was called horse by. Um, NYPD officers to sell drugs for him. And when he no longer wanted to do so, of course, they wanted to take him out. And so um, this is his daughter. And <laughs> he wanted to bring her today. And I just want to give, you know, tell people what, what you are about. You're a three-time published author. You're a founder of Crown Films and Demi Alua Wine. You're a journalist and so many other things. Yes. Um, but I wanted to first ask you, you know, when this happened with your dad, when he got arrested, how old were you? I was four months old. Wow. Baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That just gave me chills. So when you were old enough to understand exactly what occurred between your father and these uh, these cops, what was your take on police like what was your outlook on them well when i actually initially found out i was like 15 i was kind of old my mom really kept us sheltered you know especially just from that whole ordeal we didn't i didn't grow up in new york we left right after it happened um but it took time because i never really experienced anything of the capacity of what we're dealing with now you know, mm -hmm. but now that I'm a mom and I and I'm and, and, and it makes you afraid for your own kids, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You look at it from a different perspective, you know, and it's more frightening than anything. You know? It's extremely frightening. It is extremely frightening. So did were you were you able to since you had moved out of New York and your mother you were very sheltered, 
were you able to form a, like a relationship with your dad? Oh yeah. It, in my teenage years, I went to visit him very frequently. We bumped heads a lot, <laughs> a lot, you know, that, that, that teenage thing. And, you know, but I grew to understand him, you know, mm -hmm. when, when you're in a position as he was, it does make it difficult to keep that relationship with your entire family. You know, so we tried to build that during his incarceration up until, you know, he, he passed away. Um, I think that every day I, I always like envision like how things would have been mm -hmm. had he had come home, you know, um, what he would be like had he come home. They're, they're, people are very different behind bars. It's very different, you know, so and, I think about that all the time, but yeah. our relationship was, it was, it was crazy at times, but one thing about it, he go to bat for me, I go to bat for him. And and what lessons, although, because 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 a lot of times, like you said, as teenagers, right, we 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 bump heads with our with our yeah. with our parents, right? <laughs> we think we know it all, right? But what lessons do you do you believe that you learned even through those 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 times with your dad? Yes, yes, I did a lot. One thing he did teach me was patience. You had mm -hmm. to have anybody that knew him. You had to have patience. To really like build with him, deal with him on a day-to-day -day basis. He was very headstrong. You know, at the end of the day, um, I think everybody who knew him personally would agree that it was his way or the highway. But at the mm -hmm. same time, a lot of his ways were due to his situation. Exactly. You know, and the fact that he grew into a man inside of prison. Exactly. You know, so yeah. you have to learn to understand him. And that the biggest lesson he ever taught me was definitely patience. Patience, because you want to continue to love them and support them. But at the same time, it's like their psychological clock kind of stops once they go in there. No, you're absolutely right. And I was going to say that. I was going to say he went in at a very young, he was a man, right, considered in the eyes of, of everyone, but he was still very young. Yes to be incarcerated um, and then have to learn to be, continue to, to learn and grow. And then in, inside of a prison, that's not easy. It's not I mean, easy. I think we, we've all seen people who have spent time in prison and come back and sometimes they're just not the same person yeah. that they did when they went in. Totally different people. So that that I, I, I definitely um, understand. So I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. the, your father was though inflicted by the corruption within NYPD. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised that 31 years later, we are here? It's, I think it's more shocking that it was even happening then with everything that has transpired over decades and decades and decades for it to be 2020 and we are still at a standstill within this country. It is disgusting, honestly, mm -hmm. it really is. And it's so, depressing and so sad because you really see people that you're genuinely close to that now they're feeling this some sort of sense of bravery that they're able to vo vocalize their opinion and how they really genuinely feel about people of color you know so <laughs> it's very very strange <laughs> honestly but in the same sense it's like all we can continue to do is exactly what we're doing now i'm gonna be real with you everybody's like oh my god you know uh the, the protests and the riots bro when i say i'm all for it 
I don't care. I'm all for it because I feel like they weren't listening before. Mm -hmm. They're woke right now. You know, they are. It's so funny because I was going to ask you that question on how you felt about the looting and and the riots. Listen, I, I feel like this. When I see people online complaining about targets and auto zones and those corporations that don't support our communities. Exactly. It is a little disturbing to see certain people like, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys did this to Target. The conversation shouldn't even be on the riots and the looting. The conversation is about this man who lost his life like so many before him. Exactly. I, I feel like a lot of people are getting distracted. The reality so is, yeah, they're burning it down, but... Exactly. But let me ask you this. Do you think that the people have a commitment or an obligation to their to their communities, not to loot within them, to about those businesses? Because there have been a lot of, um, business, like, Black-owned businesses yeah. and people of color who yeah. built these businesses within these communities who now have been looted and destroyed. Do you think that in the sense, because I'm with you, I feel like these, yeah. these multi-million corporations, you guys need to be in the front line with us. You need to be making the change because people of color spend a lot of money with you. But what about these small businesses within our communities? Do we have an obligation to them? We do. Um, you know, I made a little joke the other day, probably ruffled a little feathers, but I look at it like this. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You got a lot of these businesses that probably aren't going to open back up. You better get that insurance check and keep it moving. Like, okay. I understand from the heart, like, yeah, I built this from the ground up. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, what I've noticed yeah, is listen. you got the people that are protesting and you mm-hmm. have the people that are looking to be heard, whether they're black, brown, white, whatever. And then you have the looters. You have the people breaking in to small businesses, large business corporations, whatever. A lot of those people aren't peaceful protesters. And I think that's where people are getting confused. You got a lot of Caucasians out there really just doing this just to draw in attention. You got people that are not out there for this cause that are in these buildings, you know? Exactly. It's, it's a lot of, you can, you can spin this thing a million different ways. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you said, it can actually just be like in layman terms, it could actually be a blessing in disguise. You probably weren't (laughs) making any money in the last few months and almost could have lost it. And now, hey, you got a a somewhat of a come up and get that insurance. Right. (laughs) So I have somebody, uh, who wanted to ask you a question. King Calcutta. He said, if your dad was alive today, would he be understanding of the anger done by police? Absolutely. Would he think blacks should take a stronghold against police? I think he'd probably be right out there on the front line. (laughs) One thing about it, he never changed. He didn't change his outlook on things. He's been through some things. He's he's actually experienced this. We were in the house with him in the middle of this shootout. His perspective on things. Yes, my mother was there. My aunt was there. I was there. My father was holding me when they shot at him. He this this is this is different for him. You know, this would have been different for him to see the way that this world has changed and the and 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 these the, the 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 police brutality has like 
it's out of this world at this point because they're getting away with it. It doesn't have to be sugar-coated. It ha doesn't have to be a lie. It doesn't have to be brushed under the rug and thrown away. Nobody can find out about this. Like, it's right in our faces, on camera, you know, on television, and they're getting slaps on the wrist. So exactly. I absolutely believe that he would be right out there on the front line. He stood hard for what he believed in till the day he died. You know, wow. This changed our entire family's life. It wasn't just his. He didn't get to watch me grow up. He didn't get to be a dad. He didn't get to be a boyfriend or a husband. You know, he, he just, he was there. And he tried to make the best out of that situation. It changed him drastically. But I don't think, as he got older, he wasn't as angry as mm -hmm. I think he was, you know, in my younger years. Um, there would, would have never been understanding with him. He just, he was, he stood for what he stood for. He stood for what he stood for till the day he died. Cops were pigs, as he calls them. You know, mm -hmm. and that's just what it was. So, so why do you believe that your father was considered a folk hero? He, he did what no one else would do. Exactly. He, he did what no one else was being to do. Like, no one else would have jumped out the window and really did the things that he did to protect his family on himself. You know, you have a lot of people, though, that I see online, and it is kind of a little weird that you'll see people that are like, you know, well, he did this and he did that. Like, it doesn't justify what he, he was a child that was put into a very strange situation and he had to figure it out and the way he figured it out was just the way that it happened it went down the way and let's talk about it because the 80s right yeah that's when they flooded our communities let's yeah. be real Drugs. that's when like, they flooded our communities with crack cocaine and they flooded our communities with all these types of drugs a lot of people exactly. don't like to talk about that because let me tell you black and brown people were not able to go across on a boat to bring these drugs into this country exactly. nor into our neighborhoods okay exactly. So, yeah, you have to take all of these things into consideration. Yeah. But just for those people who have those negative views about your dad, what positive attributes you think in his legacy are relevant today? <sighs> it's, it's so many. It's just, it's so many. Like, I could sit here and talk for hours. It's so many. But I think the main thing was... um. As far as his legacy is concerned, just as, you know, just what, what, what he, st he stood for in general, like, he was the, the man who fought back, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't allow them to buckle him at his knees, he didn't sit back and just allow things to just be what they were up until the day he was fighting to get out of there because he stood his ground on where he, where he was and, and, and why he was there, you know, and it just, what, it was what it was, but he was an amazing individual, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that's really how I want people to remember him. He was very talented. You know, he, he, he did music. Um, you know, he was an amazing writer. He was a good person. He made mistakes like we all have, you know, but mm -hmm. at the same time, he stood for what a lot of people want. You have a lot of people in our communities that are quiet about what's going on. You exactly. know, he was the one who fought back. You know, and and got away with it. So we appreciate. <laughs> you know, we. You know, I did my research and um, and just listening to. I I, I 
it was funny because they had to, they wanted to, and they had to, right, convict him on something. Yeah. But they were, they weren't able to convict him, convict him on those attempted murder charges. Yeah. Why? Because those cops were totally involved in the drug trafficking. They exactly. forced him into doing so. And when he reneged on not wanting to do it no more is when all of this transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, but they knew that they would have to find some type of conviction for him, especially in 1989. I believe yeah. uh, was Reagan in, in, in office at that time. If I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so let's think about that. Let's think about the times, right? But the fact that he was able, and I, and you know, I asked you those questions, but I think most people do know is because he did what other people would not have done, especially at such a very young age, right? Yes. Because although. He was within 19 or 20, I believe, right? Because I read two different stories. Yeah. Someone said 19 20. He had just turned 20. Yeah. Well, at that age, you're still very young. He's a child. He's a child. Yeah, in the eyes of a boy, you're a man, but not mentally. Yeah. And especially no. when you come from these different types of environments, like our environments, our, our urban environments, right? We know what we saw yes. and what we've been through. I mean, I grew up um, in the 80s and 90s, so I, I get it. I totally understand. Um, but do you think, I know we're here, here it is 31 years later, but do you think there's going to be any progression? Do you think that there's going to be any change? I think the way that the people are raising hell at this point, I I don't think it's going to be a major change, but I think some people will be held accountable. They have to hold somebody accountable at this point. It may not be a whole bunch of Caucasian officers. You see those officers that was down in Atlanta that snatched them two young people up out of their car. They were black. Exactly. And they were quick to file them, very quick. It wasn't no four-day wait. They, they taped Absolutely. those kids up in that car. And the very next day, we got a, a, a press conference stating that they were fired, you know? Exactly. They somebody there was accountable. Yeah, there was an officer in New York a few years ago that mm-hmm. shot someone, and he was of agent. Asian descent, mm-hmm. and he took he took uh, they he got in trouble for it. He got yeah. fired. He went to jail. Of and course. The first thing I said was, "You see, you are minority in the eyes of exactly. us as well. They're going to make an example out exactly. of exactly exactly. They're going to make an example, and when they do, it's going to be out of the people of color, the the the, exactly. the, the cops of color. But let me ask you this: What do you feel about what is your take on and your outlook on? The cops that are actually good, that they're not a part of this, right? But they're within this this infrastructure. I have friends that are actually police officers. I do. Mm-hmm. And they are really dope people. Um, my biggest issue is, is that if you see something, do something. If you don't do anything, you're guilty by association. So exactly. I'm going to hold you to the same accountability, the same standard as I would that man that just killed that young boy. You know, at the end of the day, you hear a lot of them say that they, they they stand with us, you know, they'll march with us and all that good stuff. That's fine. But until you start holding your brotherhood accountable for their mm-hmm. actions, you can walk all day, walk till your knees start hurting. It's not going to make a difference. And that's true. And do you think that they that they themselves are scared because they don't want to either lose their jobs, get mm-hmm. pushed out of the, the, the yeah. you know, it's a brotherhood for them. And I specifically heard a friend of mine who is on the force actually say that. They stick together. They are a brotherhood. It's not anyone. It's no different than you having a sibling. No matter what my sister does, I'm going to go to bat for her. I'll let her know behind closed doors she was out of pocket. But in front of anyone else, I'm not going to go against my sister. 
you know to them they they say they they bleed blue mm -hmm. it's 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 a brotherhood i i don't see i i do believe that they do feel some sorts of obligation to this brotherhood that they have you know so no i don't see a major change with the way that they do things you'll see a few that might stand up and say something you know when things like this happen you got people out here burning cars up yeah yep. early stations on fire <laughs> yeah now it's okay we stand with you we understand but i mean like it's been decades and decades and decades and a million people have lost children and 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 husbands and fathers and like when does it stop you know when are you going to start holding your people accountable like i just you know made a a comment to a friend of mine the other day like yeah it is a lot of of, of white people and there are a lot of police officers that are tired of everybody's shit but at the same time those same police officers and those same caucasian people that you're friends with when they start holding their own accountable then things will change other than that, they're not going to change. They may understand and they may be very angry, but until you start holding your people accountable, it's not going to change. You know, exactly. it'll just be another situation where someone lost their lives and everyone's outraged. And so before that. we, before we, because we let you go out, and I know you uh, on a, a time yeah, schedule. They've been crazy. <laughs> but this last question. Um, so in your bio, it says that you're working on a biopic TV uh, series for your father. Yes. About his life. Yes. Um, tell us about that, and when is that due to be released, and where is it due to so be released? So I can't really talk much about it. Okay. Because <laughs> we are in the process of getting paperwork ready to roll. Everything's kind of in, in the works. Um, this has been a very long, rough, tough situation here. You know, it was a lot of cleanup in the beginning when he first passed away. Um, legal things that I had to take care of for his estate. Um, it's, it's, it's been years that, you know, he's been gone and I've been working on this project since he passed. Um, yeah. It's so crazy because it's like the beginning of 2020, everything just started lining up left and right, you know, and it's sad that, of course, you know, something like this would have to be in the making, probably in order to shed light to the people that aren't knowledgeable you know, but to really show things for what they are. And that's my goal with this project, to really paint a picture that people won't forget. But at the same time, it's like, um, it's, it's disgusting that in 2020, it's still relevant, you know? Exactly. You know, so it's, it's this thing has been, we've been, we've been going hard for years, but <laughs> so well, I just want to say um, thank you so much for taking your time out to talk to us, especially today. Absolutely. We will definitely be looking forward to um, seeing this, this uh, TV series. Um, we will definitely be supporting you. Um, just please anybody who's watching right now um, so they can follow you, just give out your information where they can find. Uh, I know you sell a wine. I know you yeah, got a lot of things going on. Um, so where can um, they find something where they can find you and, and uh, contact you? Um, LaRimaDavis.com. Uh, they can follow me at Larima Davis on Instagram, Twitter, and Rima Davis on Facebook. But, of course, if you type my name in, it'll come up. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really that much on Instagram, but I'm, 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 I'm looking to get more active, I guess. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm against so much for stopping by and being on truth be told where the truth is being spoken the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so we would definitely hope to get you back on when this uh tv series definitely comes out thank you again stay safe god bless you and you take care of yourself
All right. Okay.